We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here. This is Lakers Nation Live. The Lakers pick up the W over the Detroit Pistons. Love to see it. They got it done in spectacular fashion. Blowout win, 125 to 111. We saw some highlight reel plays. We saw Showtime. We saw Spencer Dinwiddie's Lakers debut as well. Lots to talk about on tonight's show. So welcome in if you're coming from YouTube, from Facebook, from X. Welcome in to all of you. Let's get into it. Lots of stuff again to break down from tonight's game. Taking a quick peek at the box score. Anthony Davis, 20 points, 14 boards, six blocks. My goodness. I mean, Anthony Davis had a number of plays on the defensive side of the ball tonight where you just looked at it and you had to shake your head and just say, man, how many people could pull off what AD just did? I think the answer is not many. Not many NBA players could do the things that Anthony Davis did out there on the court tonight. The double jump block where he jumps quick and then goes back up again and blocks the shot. I mean, he was insane. There was at one point where I was pretty sure he did a fake block where he went up to block with one hand and then pulled it back and blocked with the other hand. I mean, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable, the stuff that we saw from Anthony Davis in this game. He is a tremendous, tremendous talent. And once again, it will be a tragedy if AD does not wind up winning Defensive Player of the Year this year, at least in my opinion. Anyway, but AD was not the only one to have good games. I thought Rui Hachimura uh, was pretty solid in this one. 7 for 10, shooting 15 points, 5 boards, 25 and 8 for LeBron James. The Lakers were moving the ball around, especially early in this game. Uh, you had 15 and 6 for Austin Reeves, 21 points for D'Angelo Russell, 3 assists, 4 for 9 from deep, 4 threes from D'Lo, continued his hot shooting. Dinwiddie's debut, 2 for 6 shooting, just 1 for 5 from 3 out of a couple that he had to hoist late in shot clocks and stuff like that. But 7 assists, Four turnovers. There were some sloppy moments. So it was a bit of a mixed bag here. Six points, seven assists for Spencer Dinwiddie. 11 points for Christian Wood and four boards. Torrey and Prince off the bench had eight points and five boards and two of three from three. The Lakers as a team, 51% from the field, 40% from deep, 83% from three. By the way, I was pulling the last nine game stats for uh, for this game because the Pistons had been four and five over the last nine. They'd been playing some good basketball. The Lakers are third in the NBA in three-point percentage over the last nine games. They're starting to shoot the ball better from deep, and tonight that continued uh, with them getting uh, 
from deep. So you'll certainly take that. All right, guys, lots of stuff to talk about. And I'll tell you what, this game, this was one of those games where you know if the Lakers show up, they should be just fine. If the Lakers put forth the requisite effort at an NBA level, they should be just fine. But it was important nonetheless that they get this win. They've got to win this game. And now, tomorrow, you head into Utah and you're going to play against the Jazz, a team that you are competing with in the standings in the Western Conference. You're trying to make sure that you get the seating that you want. Right now, Utah is, as of this moment now, uh, they are two and a half games behind the Lakers, sitting just below the play-in line. The Lakers are currently the nine seed. The Sacramento Kings, who lost tonight to the Phoenix Suns, are two games back of the Lakers. So this is a game that you need to win tomorrow night. Had to win tonight's game. Now you got to complete the back-to-back set. You go on the road and you play in Utah. And I'm sure we'll talk more about that one uh, on the show tonight. Koa starts things off uh, for the chat. And Koa says, I've never seen a three-on-one fast break that got faked out by the defender and got blocked. I just appreciate this guy so much. Also, not a bad uh, debut for Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, I mean, let you know what? Let's not, let's not delay this. Superstar of the night. The superstar of the night, pretty clearly, it's Anthony Davis. It's AD. He was fantastic. Loved what we saw out of him. AD, the man. I mean, he just got it done tonight. And again, defensively, doing things where you think he's beat. You think there's no way that uh, that he's he's going to be able to stop a shot. And he did anyway. Six blocks, AD, very clearly, very clearly, the superstar of the night. Again, that's not to say LeBron had a bad game. That's not to say that... D'Angelo Russell didn't have a hot uh, hot streak going shooting the basketball. He did. He had some big buckets. But Anthony Davis, my goodness, he was on another level. Incredible stuff from him. Uh, all right. Let's see what else we've got going here in the chat. Uh, Bobby Portis, Dinwiddie is horrible. Cut him. It was his first game. His first game. We're already out on Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, I thought... We saw a little bit of what you're going to get out of Spencer Dinwiddie. We saw some solid uh, defense. I thought there were a few moments where he did a nice job switching out and moving his feet and just kind of staying within the scheme. Really felt like a feel-it-out game from Dinwiddie. And then uh, getting into the paint, you saw a little bit of that, the dribble penetration. That's something that he can offer that I think is critical for this team, Um, something that he needs and uh, something he can provide. It's something the Lakers certainly need. So by no means am I out on Spencer Dinwiddie, nor should any of you be out on Spencer Dinwiddie right now. And I have a feeling that was kind of uh, facetious there, tongue-in-cheek. Uh, Kaleidoscope, Master Log, Marcus Sasser for no free tacos. Yes, shooting the three at the end of the game, tacos on the line to make sure that Lakers fans don't get tacos in the building. That's just mean. That's just mean. The game was over. It was over at that point. And uh, yeah, Marcus Sasser decided, no, no free tacos for you guys. That's what that's what he wanted to make sure. Thanks a lot, Marcus. Appreciate you. Aqua said, I see the potential with Spencer. He can create his own shot and is probably a better passer than Gabe. I know Wood is on a minimum, but he's been mid 
Does that make it a minimum? <laughs> um, look, it's been kind of weird all season with Christian Wood, Jackson Hayes. Neither one of them has really overtaken the other consistently, right? They've had they've each had spurts where they've played well, but neither one has really claimed a hold of that kind of backup big position. And right now, with so many guys out, both of them have been getting minutes. That's what we saw tonight. And by the way, Jackson Hayes had a great, great uh, play where he got back into a possession and blocked or stopped, broke up an alley-oop attempt. So Jackson Hayes has been playing better over the last couple of weeks. Christian Wood has been sort of fading away a little bit. You know, I, I thought that Christian Wood had a few decent plays in this game, but he just hasn't really stood out. He hasn't really popped out on the screen here. You've got... Uh, on the night, Christian Wood, four for seven, one for two from three, four boards, one block in 13 minutes. I mean, that's fine, but he is a little bit cumbersome when he's out there on the floor, a bit of a, a, a plotter in terms of when he's trying to drive to the basket. But I didn't think this was a bad Christian Wood performance, but it certainly wasn't a, hey, he's back and he's going to start really producing for you either type of performance. Wasn't a, an inspired performance from Christian Wood. Kronos says, I know there's no obvious or easy cut but a bought-out Morris twin would feel like good luck. Also, Master Lock Wiseman for suddenly remembering how to play ball. So looking at the Piston side of things, Wiseman, 18 points and nine boards, eight of 12 shooting. True, but Jaden Ivey has been averaging 26 points in the month of February, just 15 against the Lakers. So he struggled. Cade Cunningham only had 12 points on four of 15 shooting. So... I'm okay with James Wiseman having an above average game if it means that Jaden Ivey and Kate Cunningham were held in check. I mean, between the two of them, they were nine of 31 shooting. I'll take that. And uh, one for eight from deep. I'll take that. I will take that trade off if James Wiseman gets to have a bit of an uptake game. I'll take it. Um, when we're talking about waving another player, though, Let's let's take a quick peek at this because I do want to talk about that. And that's something that's been brought up a lot. I've had a lot of people asking, well, couldn't the Lakers go get Marcus Morris, who we've heard has been connected to the Wolves? Uh, couldn't they go get Joe Harris is another name that I've heard a lot of. And here is the problem. Let me show everybody so you guys get a, a sense of what I'm talking about here. Um, let me see here. Can I share this? There should be a way to. Um, all right, here we go. I'll actually be able to do this now. Here's the Lakers salary cap sheet as it currently stands. So the problem the Lakers have, if you're going to waive somebody, it's right here. This is the problem. See, Christian Wood, Jackson Hayes, Cam Reddish. That's the problem. All those player options. If you were going to waive somebody, um, if you're going to waive somebody, it's probably going to be one of those guys. And I'm not even talking about on the court necessarily. You're probably not going to waive right now in order to free up a roster spot. You're probably not going to waive Max Lewis, who you still have under contract this next year. You've got him on a, on a non uh, a partial guaranteed deal the following year. He's a cheap value. And he's a guy that you spent a lot of money on draft night to move up in order to get. So you're not going to just let him go at this point. JHS. I know a lot of people say, oh my gosh, he's terrible. He almost, he almost blew a dunk tonight. I know, but you're not giving up on him just yet. So really, we'd be talking about Christian Wood, Jackson Hayes, Cam Reddish. Even if, and I, I don't think Cam's getting moved, especially with Jared Vanderbilt uh, being injured right now. You need his defense. Even if you said, 
Christian Wood or Jackson Hayes. This guy is it. This guy's taken over the backup center position. We don't even need the other guy. Let's wave him. Let's say you're going to wave Christian Wood. That $3 million player option would sit on the Lakers books for next year. It would be dead money on your cap. That's part of the downside of giving player options to these guys that are on minimum deals. It doesn't make it makes it more difficult to cut them and move on because of that player option. Now, that's not even me saying they should cut those guys. I don't know that there's anybody out there on the buyout market that would impact the team at a higher level than the players that you've already got. Now, you can say you need Joe Harris's shooting, but can you sacrifice a backup big when neither Wood nor Hayes has really claimed the position? You probably need both of them, frankly, to kind of tag team that. And then Cam Reddish, again, you need his defense. So I don't think, in terms of basketball, I don't think you're cutting any of those guys. But also, from the cap side, you don't want that money, that dead money, just sitting on your books. So that's why the Lakers are not going to wind up cutting anybody. Uh, they're not going to go add somebody else. I reached out to uh, to the Lakers uh, last week, and uh, according to a source that I spoke with, said, no, the roster's probably set. Uh, the caution that sometimes crazy things happen. I mean, maybe like somebody gets somebody gets waived that you're not expecting or or something to that effect. Um, and that maybe changes things to them for them. But other than that, it's it's very unlikely that the Lakers would do anything else on the buyout market. The team they have right now is almost certainly their team. And it's it's in part because of that cap situation. Okay. Let's see here. Maddie James said, I don't know why, but LeBron being at the Super Bowl and not attending Kobe's statue unveiling really bothered me. Okay, that's fair. Now, I know they never cut to LeBron there, at least from what I saw. They didn't cut to LeBron uh, at the statue unveiling. Does that mean he definitely wasn't there? I don't know. It's, it's possible maybe he was there. Uh, maybe he was in the back corner or something. We didn't see him. But like you saw Austin Reeves there. You saw Phil Handy there. I understand being upset that, that LeBron, what, you didn't see him there. But... This was also a thing. Um, this was a thing at Kobe's memorial in LA when that first happened. Uh, the the memorial that took place at Staples Center. You didn't see. There were a lot of people who didn't see LeBron there. It turns out he was there. But like a thing that started going around was that LeBron didn't go, and people were wondering like, where was he? he? Was there? But um, we we can make too much of stuff like that sometimes. So. Him going to the Super Bowl, though, I'm not going to worry about that. I mean, if you've got the means and the ability to go, go. Why not? Especially when you just got to get out to Vegas. I mean, it's a quick trip. Uh, Yo said, Wood in garbage time is a black hole. The young guys need to shoot. Yeah, I mean, Christian Wood is trying to put up his numbers. He's trying to make sure that he gets a contract this coming summer and all that kind of stuff. He'd prefer not to be on a veteran minimum again after this year. The way he's played, frankly, he's probably going to be, but I get it. All right. Good win. It always feels like Prince gets a tech or in ref trouble, or is it just me? Also, can we pick up Brawny undrafted like Austin Reeves? So, yes. Now, Prince getting in, a, in ref trouble or whatever, I don't know. I haven't really noticed that that much, but can they pick up Brawny if he goes undrafted? Yes, absolutely. So here's how it wins, how it goes. If Bronny goes undrafted, he's a free agent. He can go to whatever team he wants. And if that happens to be the Lakers, so be it. 
if he goes undrafted. Now, would another team jump in and try to say, hey, Lakers, we're going to draft him. If you don't trade us something for this pick, we're going to draft him. They certainly could. They could try to force the Lakers to give something in order to get a pick to draft Bronny if they think that's going to cement LeBron staying in L.A. I wouldn't shock me if a team tried to do that. But yes, if Bronny goes through the whole draft undrafted, if he dis- and if he enters the draft, I don't know. Does he even enter the draft right now? I've seen a lot of mock drafts that don't have, even have him going in the second round. Maybe he doesn't. And maybe this is all much ado, much ado about nothing. But if Bronny's in the draft and he goes undrafted, he can sign with whatever team he wants. All right, here we go. Mission 86. I'll take that. Now, again, take uh, some momentum into All-Star Weekend. <laughs> take some Mo into All-Star Weekend, but not Bamba. We're on a nice upward trend. Keep it going. Master lock my boss for being a Detroit fan. Well, I think the Lakers master locked him for you. I'll say that, but taking momentum in All-Star Weekend, and that's part of why it's critical that the Lakers now win tomorrow's game. Again, not just in terms of the standings, but in terms of momentum, you want to finish strong, finish the right way. This can be a trap game. Last game before before the All-Star break, guys are looking ahead to what their plans are, whether they're going to the All-Star game, whether they're going on a little vacation, whatever it is, they start looking ahead to that. And the last game before the All-Star break, weird stuff happens. Weird scores happen because guys get a little bit of that senioritis and they're not as locked in as they should be. I have a feeling the Utah crowd is going to be fired up because they always are when the Lakers come to town because they hate the Lakers, right? So for this team, it's really important that they focus on where they are at in the standings and they understand how important it is that they get this win and they treat that game as such, right? They have to treat this game tomorrow night with the kind of respect and understanding that their current predicament should have them in, right? Should get from them. They are sitting in the nine seed. They need to move up. And my goodness, heading into the month of March, they have like a three-week stretch where if they go 500, you'd be thrilled. They have a super difficult stretch coming up uh, at the beginning of March. So they've got to stockpile as many wins as they can. Stockpile as many wins as you can. And a game against the Jazz, when you've got games coming up against some of the top-tier teams in both conferences, that is a must-win game. You need to stack this win on your record because there's no guarantee that win's going to be coming after the All-Star break. There's going to be that really tough stretch. Got to win this one. Go into Utah. Get the job done again. I don't expect Utah to be focused totally on break and vacation and all that kind of stuff. I don't think you can count on that. So the Lakers, they better not be either. Get in there, get the win, and get out. That's what you got to do. All right, chat, let's do this. Star in your role. The Star in Your Role Award. Who gets it from tonight's game? Who gets Star in Your Role from this one? So who do you think stepped up and performed in their role the best? Let me know. Let me know what you guys think. Oh, actually, hold up. 
We got to hit this. Unfortunately. Breaking news. Just seeing this coming across the Twitter machine. LeBron James is out for tomorrow's game. Just as I was talking all about how important it is that the Lakers take tomorrow night's game seriously and get the win. The second night of a back-to-back heading into the All-Star break, LeBron told Mike Trudell he will not play tomorrow night in Utah. Gives him a night off heading into that All-Star break. Man, that hurts. That hurts. The Lakers need to pick up this win, and now they will have to do it without LeBron. Now, it's not impossible. They've won games. They beat. They beat. Boston without LeBron or AD, but that's not ideal that LeBron James is not playing second night of a back-to-back in Utah in a game that the Lakers really need to win. What that means, my opinion, because Rui's already starting, I would imagine that's probably Torian Prince that's going to jump in uh, to that starting lineup. That's probably what we're going to see. So no LeBron James tomorrow night. Again, not uh, not ideal at all. Okay, back to the star in your role. Man, that took the wind out of my sails a little bit. Hopefully, they can still pull off the win. Uh, you guys saying it's it's fake? I'm on Trudell's legit account here. Um, yeah. It's this is from Mike saying that. So uh, unfortunately, fortunately, that's that's not that's not fake. I wish that it was uh, Dan Wojcik of the L.A. Times also confirming everybody else that's there. That is that is is real. All right. The star in your role award. I've got a lot of people saying Austin Reeves. Got a lot of people saying Rui Hachimura. Boy, is going to need to have a big game against Utah. I'm going to go in this one. And I thought Austin, um, you know, seven boards, six assists, but he was three for nine shooting. That's not an Austin Reeves-like shooting game. I'm going to go Rui Hachimura. And I'll tell you what I really liked about Rui. 15 and five uh, in this game. But what I liked about Rui is that he really showed the physical side of his game especially in the early going when Simone Fontecchio was, was defending him, who's a new Piston, was traded from Utah um, to the Pistons. I really liked the, the physicality. Rui put him in the post, spun on him a number of times, scored at the rim, said, look, I'm bigger than you, I'm faster than you, I'm stronger than you, and I'm scoring on you. That was really good to see out of Rui. I think the fact that this guy is 6'8", has that 7'2 wingspan, Sometimes you don't feel that on the floor. You don't feel the physical presence from Rui Hachimura. He's been making a much more concerted effort in the last few games to be a factor on the boards, to be a factor in the paint, at the rim, scoring around the bucket. And that's been a really nice development. He's not just living on the perimeter jumper. The Lakers are going to need him scoring the basketball tomorrow against the Jazz with no LeBron. But I thought Rui had a really nice uh, really nice game. And so I'm going to go with him for the star in your role award. For Rui Hachimura. So. I like that one. (laughs) Oh no. Corey said this is because I chose AD instead of LeBron for superstar of the night. So LeBron. I I buy it. 
LeBron in the locker room who's watching the show. He's pissed because I picked Anthony Davis and said, that's it. I'll show them. I'm going to sit tomorrow night. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. That's definitely what happened. Oh man, that gosh, you know what? It's not impossible for them to get the win, but that obviously hurts. Obviously hurts not having LeBron. You know, we're going to need to see more out of Spencer Dinwiddie, of course, in this game. Uh, we're going to need to see more out of D'Lo. You're going to need D'Lo scoring. Dinwiddie's ball handling is going to be important. Austin's going to have to have a more efficient night. He can't shoot. Um, in this one, he was three for nine. You got to have more efficient scoring from Austin uh, against Utah. All the guys are going to have to step up. They're all going to have to step up. They're going to get this win without LeBron, for sure. All right. Let's do this, folks. We're going to give a quick shout-out to our, our sponsor, that is Sleeper. We're going to play a quick contest here, make some picks, and that'll be back into your questions and comments. We'll just be a moment. So let's go. Let's take a look at this. And that did not work the way I wanted it to. Huh. Well, at least you guys can see Sleeper here on the screen. Somehow I got all, all taken out of it. Does that fix it? There we go. <laughs> we got it. We got it. <laughs> All right. Let's get into this. I'm going to make three picks here real quick. Chat, you guys can help me out. Uh, let's go with the almost Laker, DeJounte Murray, taking on the Charlotte Hornets. 11 and a half assists and rebounds combined. I'm going to take more there. Remember, you guys can download the Sleeper app. Use our code LakersNation. Get a $500 deposit match. Donovan Mitchell, future Laker. Donovan Mitchell, future Laker, 31 and a half points and assists combined against Chicago. I like that one too. More. I'm going more there. And then we'll round this out with, oh, former Laker, hopefully future Laker, Alex Caruso on the other side of the ball, Chicago at Cleveland, 14 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. I think Alex Caruso can get that done. I'm going to go more with that one. All right, let's take a look at this. Uh, $20 entry, uh, 5.02x would get you $100. If you do play over on Sleeper, super easy to play. Again, download that app uh, and use our code LakersNation. And you will get that $500 deposit match. Check it out. Sleeper app, super easy to download. All right, everybody. Let's get back into some of your questions and comments here. And we've got, I'll go right here. Mama mentality. Dinwiddie, a great pickup. Check some boxes. Another guard that can handle the rock, create for himself or others. Great pickup and win. You know, this was not, I'll admit, this was not a great Spencer Dinwiddie game. This was not it was not a great Spencer Dinwiddie game, but it was nice to see uh, some flashes of what he can be in terms of getting into the paint, the step back three that he hit. He does have the ability to create create that shot. He will have better shooting nights. He'll have nights where he looks a little bit more in sync. The turnovers, I was expecting. Four turnovers in this game, you had to expect it. He's only had one practice with the team. It's going to take time for him to get, a, get accustomed to what 
everything is like out there on the floor with this new team. He's going to have to get used to it. And that's going to take a little bit of time. I do think we'll see a lot more ball handling from him tomorrow with no LeBron James. But I agree. I think we got a, a good glimpse of what Spencer did when he can uh, provide this team. We even saw the three-guard lineup for a little bit. Now, it's funny. They instantly gave up an offensive rebound as soon as the three-guard lineup came out on the floor. It wasn't the guards who gave it up. It was actually Rui who gave up the rebound. But nonetheless, the three-guard lineup, it was out there. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, it can work with this group. It worked fine with Schroeder. Schroeder, Reeves, and D'Lo worked fine. Hopefully, if Darvin is set on going to it, it can work uh, in this one as well. All right. Let's keep rolling here. Oh, my. The plop. Gifted one Lakers Nation membership. No, he outdid himself. Five Lakers Nation memberships. Channel members tomorrow, noon Pacific time. We're going to have a members-only live stream. You guys get to come on stage. We'll talk Lakers basketball for a while. Noon Pacific time tomorrow. So hop in during your lunch. If you're on Pacific time, we'll hang out. We'll talk some Lakers basketball. That'll be for channel members. If you don't know what the membership program is, you can click that join button and check it out. But the plop out there, gifting channel memberships. So cool. Lakers fans supporting Lakers fans. Good to see. Good to see. And again, we'll do that tomorrow uh, for channel members. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, if that is you. And let's get to this one. If Vando and Gabe are healthy for the playoffs, what would be your eight to nine man rotation with both of them healthy and with both of them being out for the season? So I've heard that the Lakers are not specifically convinced that Gabe Vincent, number one, is going to come back. Number two, is going to be himself when he comes back. It may take a little longer than that. And the same holds true with Jared Vanderbilt. So that's concerning for sure. Now, eight to nine man rotation. If Vando is 100%, he's in it. If Vando is 100%, he is in that group. If Gabe is 100%, it's possible Spencer Dinwiddie is outplaying him. That's possible. It's also possible Gabe out, outplays Spencer Dinwiddie. That could happen too. So I won't say it's 100% certain that if Gabe is 100%, now that now that Dinwiddie is in the fold, that Gabe would be getting those minutes. That's not 100%. But my, my five-man rotation, my, my starting five is if Vando's 100%, it's LeBron, AD, Vando, Reeves, D'Lo. Then from there, you're adding some pieces in, right? Um, that's where it would be. Let's say it's Dinwiddie. Let's say it's Rui. And then if you're going to add one of the bigs into the mix, probably winds up being Torian just to have another wing out there on the floor. That's probably what you would look look like. Um, Gabe, again, I can't say 100% that they'll be out there. Now, if it's not, if, if both of those guys are hurt, Rui is in the starting five. Torian is definitely coming off the bench. And then you've got room for one other guy to kind of get into the mix if we're looking at an eight-man rotation. But realistically, when we're talking playoffs, an eight-man rotation, in part, it's going to be determined by the opponent. What does the opponent have? Does the opponent have a lot of size? Then that dictates that you put in another big. If they don't, then maybe you go a little bit smaller. So the opponent would determine some of that too. All right, let's see what else we've got here. Livewire said... On Delo's pod, AD said a lot of coaches don't trust my say-so on their defensive schemes. I feel, feel like pick and roll should always be two-on-two. I two. Uh, wonder who he's talking about. I mean, 
Yeah, sure, it could be Darvin. Uh, as far as the defensive schemes, yeah, I don't. It's been one of my pet peeves all season. It's been guys over helping into the paint and not trusting that Anthony Davis can just deal with it, right? Guys over helping into the paint when Anthony Davis is the defender there at the rim. Like, there's probably nobody in the league, and maybe only a few guys that you should even feel as comfortable as, but Anthony Davis is the guy you should trust probably more than anybody else to protect the rim and especially manage that pick and roll situation. I mean, we saw it tonight. How many plays did he make defensively where you just, all you could say is, oh my God, like nobody else could do what he just did. So that has definitely driven me a bit crazy that Anthony Davis is the guy that we're leaving shooters open to go help. You don't, you don't need to, you've got Anthony Davis, right? Like that's the beauty part of having Anthony Davis is you don't have to help into the paint because he's Anthony Davis. So it's been frustrating seeing that for sure. And it's not a surprise that AD might be a little frustrated with that too. Valentino. So Trevor and Sean stop hating on Rui. The Lakers are five and zero since starting 50% and 39% from three this year. Fact hating on Rui. Who's hating on Rui? When? I, I gave Rui the star in your role award tonight. I never hated on Rui. Uh, I think there were some points where we said, Rui was not quite living up to his contract. And I think that's been fair, where you expected him to continue rolling like he did last season. And we were careful to say, too, that that wasn't all on Rui. Some of that was how he was being used. And some of that was injuries as well. Suffered three different injuries that kept him out for, for lengths of time this season. I didn't feel like I we hated on Rui at any point. Uh, master lock second chance points as usual. Reason number one, uh, why they never win. Yeah. I mean, we kind of knew this coming in though. 17 offensive rebounds for Detroit. Detroit is a really good rebounding team. The Lakers have been a bad rebounding team. So you kind of knew that was going to be an advantage for the Pistons coming in. Doesn't mean you just throw your hands up and say, oh, well, but you know, it, you knew that the second chance points were going to be in favor of Detroit because of the rebounding edge. And then on top of that, Detroit shot poorly. The Lakers shot 51% from the field. The, the Pistons shot 42%. And I'm rounding up to get there. When you miss more shots, you shoot a poorer percentage. That provides more opportunities to get offensive rebounds. There's more offensive rebounds available. Now that said, the Pistons have a better offensive rebound percentage than the Lakers do. They get, they control more of their op offensive rebound opportunities than a team like the Lakers do. The Lakers are dead last in the NBA when it comes to offensive rebounds. They essentially have said, we're not even going to really go after them that much. Instead, we're going to focus on getting back defensively. That's been their strategy for much of the season. But you knew it was going to be in favor of the Pistons. It was a bigger problem for the Lakers early in the season. The second chance points surrendered. It's still a problem, but they've mitigated it to some degree. But yes, it was it was an issue in this game. Um, Blaster said, had a rough day today. Oh, man. My sister had to go to the hospital. She'll be okay, but at least the Lakers won for us, LOL. Man, well, yeah, I hope that your that your sister is uh, is indeed okay and, and everything's going to be just fine. Sorry to, to hear that. That's that's certainly unnerving whenever you have family members that have to have to deal with a medical situation. So um, sorry that you had a rough day there. Master Lock Sean for liking wings over tacos. That is a perfectly reasonable take right there. Yes, Sean is crazy. 
He picks wings over tacos. You guys can talk to him all about it on the post-post game show. It's going to be starting up in just a bit here. Oh, Doug, not Dave McMenamin coming in. Frequent commenter over on the front office show, which you guys should definitely watch with myself and Keith Smith. We go Monday through Friday over there. Um, Doug McMenamin said, props to your Lakers, Trevor. Good luck going forward. Thank you. I, I appreciate that, Doug. Uh, he's a Pistons fan uh, and great fan and always jumping in over on front office show. Do appreciate that. And um, you know what? I got to say, the, the Pistons, the future is still bright. Uh, Jaden Ivey has been really, really good. He's really been on a tear. So I think that's given some Pistons fans some some things to look forward to. It's been a rough season, another rough season for them, but hopefully brighter days are ahead. Uh, Joseph said eight and four in our last 12, five and one in our last six. Starting lineup, Rui, baby. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers, they're starting to get it done right now. They are on a two-game win streak. They lost to Denver, but they've won five of their last six. As you said, that's that's what we need to see. They're going to move up in the standings. That's what we need to see. We need to see them continuing to win these games, lock in those W's, try to get that one tomorrow. Man, no LeBron definitely hurts, but got to see if you can find a way to get it done. As Chaco Thunder notes, Ivy is fast. Yeah, he looked, he looked good. He didn't shoot the ball well. He's been shooting the ball really well. You knew a regression game was probably coming. Unfortunately, it came in this game against the Lakers. But he's good. Kate Cunningham is 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 good. He'll be, I mean, a piece for them moving forward for sure. Jalen Duren has been a, a monster on the boards for them. So they've got some guys. They've got some guys for sure. But long way to go there for that uh, that rebuilding Pistons team. Uh, Don said minor hiccups with Spencer Dinwiddie, but there's so much potential with this man. Uh, this team, the guy is a flat out baller. Let's get this dub in Utah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm excited to see what Spencer Dinwiddie can do again. He's going to be pushed into an even bigger role with LeBron out against the jazz. So I do think that Dinwiddie can be a, a solid player for the Lakers this season, but he's going to have to figure out how, to really fit in with this team. And that's going to take time. And I think we saw that out there tonight. You saw moments where he looked a little unsure of exactly where he should go or what he should do or how his game is going to mold. And that's okay. That's to be expected. To be expected. But I think having another ball handler, another guy who can attack off the dribble, who can drive, who can get into the paint, who can kick out, that's going to be a benefit for this Lakers team. All right. Let's see what else we got. We do have our favorite segment coming up in just a moment, and that's the master lock of the night. So get ready for that. Sir Haro said, oh boy, just wait until Gabe comes back healthy. Ham will be tempted. Oh no. Ham will be tempted to use a four guard lineup. He kind of did tonight, didn't he? If you guys saw it, there were some moments there where Darwin had Austin D'Lo Dinwiddie and Torian Prince out there and Torian Prince was nominally the four. I tend to think of Prince as a three first, but he's played the two uh, a bit for the Lakers this season. So if we kind of want to stretch it a little bit there, that kind of was a four guard lineup. And then it was like Christian Wood out there on the floor with him. That was a tiny lineup and yeah, not, not ideal, <laughs> not not ideal. I didn't, I, unfortunately, that didn't last 
super long. He very quickly put Jackson Hayes in and subbed out one of the guards. But that was going a little bit too far. I do think the three guards with LeBron and AD, that, that may be workable depending on what the opponent has out on the floor. I don't want to just immediately go to last season when it was Russ and it was uh, Pat Bev and Dennis Schroeder. And that worked terribly because none of them could shoot. Um, that did not work out at all. I don't want to just assume that because that didn't work, this isn't going to work either, especially when we saw Reeves, D'Lo, and Schroeder worked out actually pretty well as a group, just not against Denver. But yeah, the, the multi-guard lineups, the three-guard lineups, you know, you know, Darvin Ham is, is going to use them. You know. All right. A.W., Said, I know hindsight is 2020, but wouldn't it have been more wise for the Lakers to trade the pick used to select JHS and keep an open roster spot? Oh, hindsight being 2020. Yeah. Hindsight being 2020. I'm sure the Lakers wished either they had picked Jaime Hawkes, Pajemski, right? And Cam Whitmore, right? Um, I don't know. Whitmore had some medicals and, and Jaime Hawkes, they, there were some other reasons why they, they didn't want to go with him, but I don't think we should be completely out on JHS. Has it been a bad rookie season? Yes. It's been a bad rookie season for JHS. I mean, there's no, no denying it. You were hoping that a guy you took with 17 could at least be your third string point guard. And that's not worked out that way. You were hoping he could at least be your third string point guard. He's not ready. He can't do it. So you've had to have another player. You had to go get Skylar Mays to be your third string point guard because JHS couldn't do it. That's not great. That's not great, folks. But he's also 20. And you have to give him some time, and hopefully he does continue to grow and improve. One of the, th the things that sold the Lakers, from what I heard, one of the things that sold the Lakers on JHS was his work ethic. So if that's the case, if you believed in the work ethic and thought long-term, this guy's going to reach his ceiling because he has this crazy work ethic you got to give him time to show that you got to give him time to grow but there's no question that it's not been ideal so far there it's not been a, been an ideal season for him if they had the opportunity i don't know what trades they had on the table with that pick but i'd have to imagine that if they had the opportunity to move it they probably would have preferred to move it or probably pick somebody else based on how things have gone so far but that doesn't guarantee that that's how things are going to look a year from now Two years from now, three years from now, whatever it is. Maybe JHS turns into the guy they hoped you would. Chauncey Billups got bounced around a bunch early in his career. You just never know for sure. And so that's why I don't want to just jump to conclusions and say this guy's a bust. Now, if we get a, a year or two into this and he's still just not showing, he's not showing any progress, okay, we can have that conversation. But um, it's safe to say, though, that they probably wish they had gotten uh, a bit more. Hey, guys, can we not argue back and forth with the, the Super Chats? I mean, of course, we always appreciate the, the Super Chats, but especially when we get political with stuff, guys, I mean, there's a reason why I don't talk politics on here because um, I don't want to spend my time doing that, arguing politics. I want to talk basketball. That's what I want to focus on, where we can bring everybody together and not focus on what side we of the aisle we fall on politically. So please, let's not argue Politics back and forth in, in super chats. Or just in general. Let's let's not do that. Um, in fact, let's do this. 
let's do this. Let's go to our favorite segment. Let's vent a little bit in a more constructive way. And let's get into the master lock of the night. So chat, let me know. What are you putting in the master lock from this game? Master lock of the night. All right. The master lock of the night. Oh, thank you. I'm seeing the plop said uh, it's been handled. Appreciate that, guys. Appreciate that. Um, All right. Master lock of the night. The plop says Dylan Brooks. I dig it. Dylan Brooks gets master locked every single game, even if the Lakers aren't playing the Rockets. I like it. Dylan Bricks. (laughs) I like that. What else do we have? What else are we master locking from this game? Oh no, someone said Dinwiddie. No, you can't you can't master lock Dinwiddie. His first game. This this will be my official one. Marcus Sasser for that three. Late, late, late. We're talking seconds left in the game, and he shoots a three to rob the crowd of the tacos. Yeah, I'm gonna master lock him. That's my official master lock, but I want to see what else you guys have in here. What else are you guys master like? Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of no tacos. Luis Rodriguez says that. Um, Oh, James Wiseman dunks. That's a good one. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Not getting tacos. Some people are saying Master Lock Doris Burke. She wasn't on the call tonight, was she? 
And just in, gen in general, we're now master locking Doris Burke. It was uh, big game James filled in for Stu Lance in, in this one. Stu uh, apparently had some sort of a minor surgery or something. Hopefully everything's going well with him. Oh, no. Sebastian, master lock my luck. Once again, my wife and I have tickets for Jazz Lakers and he's out. LOL. Still go Lake Show. We got this. Man. I hate that. That's that. I, that's so unfortunate. If you, you got tickets for the game and now LeBron's not going to play, it's always kind of the danger that you that you take when you're the risk that you take when you're getting uh, tickets for the second night of back to back. But you know, Lakers are coming to town. Hopefully, they still put on a good show for you. You know, those fans who who went out there and I believe it was Chef Zach who went out there and gutted it out in Boston, showing up in Lakers gear anyway, even though LeBron and AD weren't playing. And it looked like it was probably going to be a blowout loss. Those fans that showed up in Boston, boy, did they get treated to a fun, fun game and a big-time Lakers win. So you never know. I love the optimism. Let's get this, Lakers. Get the job done and get the win. By the way, I'm curious to see if there's a line out for the Lakers-Jazz game. I'm just checking real quick over on ESPN. Yeah, whoa. Right now, the, it is Jazz minus four and a half. So the Jazz are a four-and-a-half-point favorite uh, to win that game. So the Lakers are the underdog tomorrow night against the Jazz. Second night of a back-to-back -back and no LeBron playing. Yikes. Yikes. All right. Ree said, what do you think about the NBA going back to East versus West? All right. So I here's where I'm at on the whole All-Star game. I really don't care. And, and, I, and it pains me to say that. Honestly, I'm I'm not even planning on really watching the All-Star game. I'm I'm going to be heading out of town with my family. I, if I get a chance, if I find myself in a spot where I can watch it, I'll watch some of it. But here's my here's why I'm not a fan of the All-Star game. I think the, all, the All-Star Saturday night is more compelling. The players don't care about the All-Star game. That's been That's been over the last few years. The players have not cared about it. And you can see it out on the floor. They don't care. They're out there. They're having fun. There's some dunks and stuff like that. But there's no defense. It's not very competitive. So it's just, it's not my cup of tea. So if the players are out there and they don't care, I'm not going to care much either. It's part of what I love so much, actually, about the in-season tournament was the players cared. And you could see it. Players really cared about the in-season tournament. They don't care so much about the All-Star game. So I... I don't make it a priority to to even watch it, or I don't worry about is it you know West versus East or Team LeBron versus Team Giannis or, or whatever. If the players care, then then I'm in. Let's go. I want to see the best players in the world competing against each other. But if the players are out there just kind of going through the motions and hey, let's just go out there and not get hurt, which probably given that LeBron and AD are playing, probably the right choice. I'm not going to worry too much about is it West versus East? Is it whatever? Because the result's going to be the same. It's going to be an exhibition through three quarters. Maybe they'll play hard in the fourth quarter. Maybe they won't. And that's about it. So, and I know that's really pessimistic and down and I cover the league and I should be more optimistic and fired up. And yes, everybody go watch the All-Star game. But honestly, I just, I just don't find it all that compelling. You know, if it started to become something where the players were really into it and really went out there and competed, I'm in. Sign me up. But for me, the three-point contest, the dunk contest, all the, the all-star Saturday night stuff, that stuff's fun. That stuff's fun. I'm I'm in on that. 
the game on Sunday. East versus West. Look, if that sparks something again, great. Great. As Carol notes, uh, she likes watching the East versus West. Yeah, if, if that and if that gets things going, I'm in. I'm in. Okay. And let's see what else we've got here. Sebastian also said, uh, you're going to be at the game. Go Lakers. Hope we can get this one. Very important to keep momentum on our side. Thanks for all you do, Trevor. Oh, well, thank you very much for the, the kind words there, Sebastian. And yes, the Lakers, they need to get this win. Find a way to get it done. Um, find a way. All right. The plot to close things out said AD should be in the defensive conversation, defensive player of the year combo, even MVP talks. Yeah, I mean, if the Lakers were the two seed right now, the Lakers were the two seed or the three seed or something, AD's getting MVP talk, right? The only reason why he's not is because the Lakers are ninth. And I get it, like team success matters and all that, but I feel like the individual awards, it devolves too much into just who are the best players on the best teams. When personally, I think it should be who are the best players. Because as much as basketball is a sport where one great player makes more of a difference than in just about any other sport, except for maybe quarterback in football, maybe one great player makes a huge difference in basketball, certainly more than in baseball or something like that. But, but still, I do feel like for the individual awards, we should focus more on the individual because you need a team around you. And I don't think it's right. The guys who are more talented, who do more, lose out on all-star appearances because they happen to be on a team that's not as good as somebody else. That And that's me personally. And I, I will freely admit there's an argument to, to be made the other way. But personally, I think the individual awards should be more about the individuals and not so much about team success. But reality is, the way the MVP vote goes, Anthony Davis is not in the running there. Defensive Player of the Year award either. He probably won't be in it if the Lakers stay this low, and he should be. I believe he is the most talented defensive player in the NBA right now, and it's going to be a shame if he goes his career and never wins Defensive Player of the Year. Okay, we got one more came in at the buzzer here. Uh, pros, our offense has improved. Spencer will be solid, I can tell. He'll play big minutes in the playoffs. Cons, our defense is still not good and most improved. I felt like in this game, the Lakers got up and then they kind of took their foot off the gas defensively, especially when we had some super exciting offensive plays uh, early in the game. Once the offense was really flowing, they, they didn't lock in as much defensively, which will hurt them against some better teams against the Pistons. They got away with it and then some. All right, everybody. I do appreciate all of you joining um, Sean Davis's show, the post post game show is going to start up in just a few moments. Thank you guys again. Do appreciate all you coming in tomorrow night, Lakers jazz six o'clock Pacific time. Hang out with us over on playback.tv slash Lakers nation or the Lakers nation YouTube channel for that game. Our play by plays there. We all hang out, talk through the game. It's a good time. So come join us for that. And then we'll have the post game show right back here on the YouTube channel right after the game till next time, everybody. Thank you guys and stay safe.